This is On The Radar, coming at you with episode number 81. And like always, it's me, your host, Radar, and we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. Let's start at the top with all, with some celebrity deaths, unfortunately. Tawny Keaton was a famous actress, model, media personality, where she was in TV films Malibu, California Girl, comedies to Priscilla, so Gwendoline, The Land of Yik Yak, and Bachelor Party, and the horror film Witchboard. She was also in heavy metal music videos as well, like White Snake's songs. And she was in some reality television as well. She passed away at the age of 59. They have no idea how, what their death was, but rest in peace to her. Then we lost R&B vocalist Lloyd Pierce. I mean, excuse me, Lloyd Price. My bad. And he, he had songs of the song Personality, Laudy Miss Claudy. And he was inducted in Rock Hall of Fame in 1998. He passed away at the age of 88. So rest in peace to him. As he passed away from complications of diabetes. Rest in peace to quarterback Colt Brennan. Who played in the, for college football for the Y Rainbow Warriors. And was on the Washington football team. And he had the second most passing outside of one season in NCAA history with 58. And he holds other NCAA records for football. He also was on the Raiders also for practice squads, and he played other teams. He passed away at the age of 37 just the other day. Sad to lose somebody that young. And said he passed from, from conscious after ingesting fentanyl. So rest in peace to him. And then we lost actor Norman Lloyd, famous for the movie St. Elsewhere, Saboteur, Dead Poet Society. He was 106 years old. This guy actually got to live a really full life where he not just acted, he produced and directed. And the last movie he was in was the movie Trainwreck. And he it was in so many things that it's just as a famous Jewish actor, he was in lots of things as well. And unfortunately, he passed away at just the old age of, of 106. Now then, the other let's get to more positive news. Fox buys Clay Travis's outkick coverage. So now it's owned by Fox. Anthony Edwards, 40 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists game. The youngest teenager passing like LeBron and Kevin Durant. The Knicks signed Spanish league point guard Luca Vidosa. They're getting quick start on the on the offseason there. Even though they are going to be a playoff team, they're just getting a quick start on that. And Dolphins cut Bobby McClain the safety. And the and the TBS, which I announced last week, that is getting the the NHL has decided to take the people that were calling it NBC. Eddie Olchuk, the number one color analyst, who's also the Blackhawks everyday television color analyst. Again, a lot going on there. And they decided to take Marv Albert, the longtime broadcaster's son, Kenny Albert, who is famous for calling football games and even baseball games like his, fa- like his father can call everything. He works for Fox. He also worked for NBC calling hockey. Now, I quite frankly would try to find one of those great play-by-play guys for television or radio that's local and say, hey, can you once a week or twice a week call the premier game of the week? Because that would have been a very good idea. But they decided, nah, we're going to take the guy who's better at calling football and baseball, and some people are going to get upset. The Purple Fall of Fame is now they have a behavioral health program. That's good because they're not just physical injuries football players deal with. They also have to deal with the mental aspects as well. Lions center Frank Ragnow signed a four-year extension because the highest-paid center. 
In hockey news, Anze Kopitar has 1,000 career points. Congratulations to him. The rumor is the Athletic is going to be bought by the New York Times. And NBC Sports, which is folding this year, is going to not sure if they're just going to be regional sports networks individually or if they're going to go to Peacock Streaming, which would be annoying for people that don't want to pay for Peacock or want to use it. The G League announced they're going to have a team in Mexico City called the Capitans for this next coming season. And speaking of the NHL leaving NBC and that whole deal, ESPN has been showing games on ESPN+. Plus. Well, they're going to start showing their own games, and they're trying to figure out what they could do, so they want to see if they get Wayne Gretzky to be a studio analyst or a color commentator because, man, that's aiming for, like, the highest level possible, the greatest player ever. And finals MVP overseas, Katie, Katie Lou for the Seattle Storm. She also won a championship and, uh, and finals MVP overseas. Congratulations to her. That's just an example of WMA players playing overseas and still being amazing there. Then the just an interesting fact, Sabrina Onescu has the most triple doubles in NCAA history, which is very impressive. The Eagles picked up Karrion Johnson, former running back of the Lions. The Jets have lost linebacker Neville Hewitt in free agency to the Texans. This, the app called Buzzer is working out a contract to have NBA League Pass available to the younger people who are watching things on their phone and not their TV. Bad news, Ian Williamson fractured his finger and he's out for the year, so any playoff hopes or playing games for the Pelicans are over. And Luka Dante is the quickest player to 5,000 points. Congratulations to him. The Predators and the Blues are the latest teams to make the hockey playoffs. Running back James White announced he graduated with a life science communications degree. Congratulations to him. Michael Jersey, Michael Jordan's UNC jerseys, a game-worn dress sold for $1.3, $1.38 million. That's a lot. Kronk donates $1.2 million to Boston Playgrounds, so that's good from him. Westbrook had tied Big O, Oscar Robinson rolls Triple Devils, and now he's officially passed him. And then here's the thing. They start keeping Triple Devils to, like, the late 70s, and it's more of a coin term by, like, just what we call it. It's not like an actual thing in the rule book, but because they weren't keeping track of it, I bet you their Oscar Robinson has way more, and their other guys have way more, but a lot of the st- these statistics, they weren't always tracking them. Like, they didn't always track steals, and blocks as well. So that's interesting there. And Connor McDavid in 53 games got to 100 points. That's pretty impressive. Continue showing why he's one of the best players in the league. J.C. Horn, recent draft pick of the Panthers, said he's going to wear the number 8 because of the whole jersey thing in football where you can wear any number you want. They're not going to do it by position. He's going to wear Kobe Bryant's number 8 to, to honor him. John Torella announced he's out for the, at the Blue Jackets position. He is definitely somebody who could probably get a job elsewhere if he wants to continue coaching. Canelo Alvarez won the fight this weekend. Congratulations to him. You know, Chris Boomer, the guy who does football and he does the home run derby, he assigned a multi-year extension while Kenny Mayne is out at ESPN. Tim Tebow has signed as a tight end with the Jags, and he hasn't played tight end since he was an underclassman in high school. If you haven't paying attention, he was playing minor league baseball for the Mets. And during the football season, he was then working as a college football analyst. I hope that he gets his fair shake because I'm a huge fan of him. But if I'm someone who's been a tight end and I'm just trying to make a team, I would be upset if you just Urban Meyer just gives him a job there. Kyrie Irving has opened up a consulting firm for under, you know, under, you know, duress. You know, un- un- entrepreneurs are going through a lot of issues right now. That's nice of him. The Toronto Raptors have officially eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in years. 
when they had that DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry team, they'd win a lot of games, losing the playoffs. They go get a Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, they win a championship. Last year, despite not having Kawhi and Danny Green, they were a really good team, but they lost the playoffs. And this year, they're just not as good as they they were because they lost Gasol and Ibaka that really hurt them this year. They're going to have a nine-part documentary about the Lakers on Hulu in 2022. That will be interesting to watch. Jalen Brown is unfortunately going to be out for the year with a with a torn ligament. Any hopes of the Celtics being a top four seed? They're just going to have to make sure they're not in the playing game there. Jay Cole is going to play in the African Basketball League, so good luck to him. Marty Smith, who does NASCAR and golf and college sports and was part of the Dan Levitar network of friends when Dan Levitar was there, signed a multi-year extension, so he is staying. And referee... Tony Brown, unfortunately, has pancreatic cancer and he won't be able to ref. Prayers up to him to get better. And in baseball news, Albert Pools was officially cut by the Angels. And now, because he's no longer in the four-man roster, he's eligible to play in the Olympics for the Dominican Republic. And an interesting fact, that 10.2% of all pitchers that ever throw a pitch he has faced. Kyle Finnegan threw an immaculate inning over the last week. That's it. cool. Not many people do that. And we had two no-hitters. We had Jonathan Means of the Orioles and Wade Miley, the veteran of the Reds. Congratulations to both of them. Infielder of the Rockies, Colton Walker, had an 80-game suspension. Just the second week in a row where I'm not a guy who's out, who's suspended for 80 games. Max Scherzer is now 20th all-time with strikeouts, having 2,833 strikeouts. He also had a 100th career 10-strikeout game of 10-plus strikeouts. With Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, and Pedro Martinez, which is all pretty impressive. And Miguel Cabrera passed Babe Ruth on the all-time hit list with 2,873 hits. It's Miguel Cabrera milestone watch. As a White Sox fan who didn't like him on Detroit and a Mets fan who didn't like him on the Marlins, I just want him to get his 3,000 hits and his 500 career home runs and then say goodbye, sayonara, you go to the Hall of Fame, good for you. Josh Hader became the fastest player to get himself to 400 career strikeouts, doing it only in 234 innings. Nationals uh, color commentator Fepi Santangelo is going to be stepping away from the broadcast booth as they deal with an investigation into sexual misconduct. The Dodgers, unfortunately, have lost five games for the first time since 2017. Shane Green, who just pitched last year with the Braves, has now officially re-signed in the month of May as the Braves are dealing with injuries. Fernando Tatis is one of the players who have recently tested spot for COVID. Hopefully he gets better. They announced the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, Cubs, Giants, and Mets are the most valuable franchise according to Forbes in baseball. Now, last week I did some television reviews and I told you some stuff. So one thing I didn't get to was Flash regulars, Tom Cavanaugh, who plays Harrison Wells, a different version every year, and Cisco Ramon, played by Carlos Valdez, they're officially leaving the show. Now, one thing about Cisco is the character, there are episodes where he's away on some mission or he's away with Caitlyn doing something, or he's just not in the episode, that is where you're like, okay, cool. He's just announcing he's just not going to be there. That's totally fine and dandy that he's just not going to be there because he already misses enough time. But So apparently the guy who can go nuclear meltdown, the character they have, this other nerdish character, scientist type of guy, he could maybe replace him. But again, it's him, Caitlyn, and Barry that kind of make the show. So the idea that you are going to be like, yep, yeah, we're okay with the fact that they are no longer going to be in the show. That is just kind of stupid because they. I would you think you want to fight for his character to leave, and if he is going to leave, 
and they've already and they really haven't done the official oh let's figure out what this tell the story about Ralph all they did was he had an explosion and his face looked weird and they are and they gave him some sort of a protective headgear to wear and he and this woman that you know was trying to clear her name from a rich family if you've been paying attention and you know she's got all these sort of skills like thievery skills and they're working together to take down this bad guy and stuff that they decide you know what let's just say he had an explosion on his face wearing a helmet and then he said goodbye fine but without him there is no kid flash i feel like they need to come up with a new character that can help barry out in the field or barry actually in the lab when they're you know he's out there on call because we're gonna have him leave stupid now i understand the wells thing after a while he doesn't want to keep doing it where he's playing a new role every year but what I don't understand is they show the original Harrison Wells and say goodbye because he has the ability to travel. Now, I don't know if that means he's never going to come back, but no offense to the Allegra character, the guy who can make explosions if he's not careful. They're not Cisco. They're not Wells. They're not the characters that actually matter in the show. So as I've said about Legends many, many, many times, they need to do a re hard reboot of the show in terms of Barry's allies. Because after a while, it's going to get kind of stale. Now, I have watched two cable shows recently. TNT Snowpiercer, which is based off a graphic novel and a Chris Evans movie. Which is very was a very good movie about the world comes to an end. And it's a railroad that goes around the whole entire world. And every cart is like... You're in a building, you know, like it's a cabaret or a bar or like a farm or a aquarium or a kitchen or like it's a whole a whole train car is like somebody, a suite like for the rich people or like the working people's like, you know, barracks and stuff. Like how credible this rich guy, you put it all together and if you didn't have a ticket and you weren't a worker, everybody was poor, was like, well, we got to get on the ship. So these things called tailies go at the tail end of the, the train they want to fight for their freedom and for, you know, a revolution and try to t get to the front of the ship and try to make it more of a democratic union instead of it just only being the rich and the guy who made the, sh the train and all the other stuff. So they have the that's basically the movie in the show is David Diggs is placing Chris Evans and Jennifer Connelly is one of the workers, quote unquote, engineers in the show. And season one is all about them trying to get to the front and win this revolution. Season 2 is, they came out with a new sort of thing where, not spoiler, but they came up with a new idea of, there's another train out there? Okay, cool. And they got to figure out what to do with the other train, trying to get involved in what they're doing and how that's going to work. And so it's a very good season. It's a very good show. It's been a long time since I saw the movie or read the graphic novel, so I'm not sure how much source material they're going to get out of the out of what they're doing here, but for the most part, it's a good show. I hope TNT continues because in high school, I used to watch these shows on TBS and TNT, and after one, maybe two seasons, they would just all of a sudden cancel the show despite it being very good, that I stopped going out of my way to watch sitcoms on TBS and one-hour dramas just until I know, like, okay, maybe it's worthwhile, and because of that, I... Was able. To, I, I, I only started watching Soap Pierce because I watched Conan O'Brien and American Dad on TBS and Basketball on TNT that you see the trailers for the show. That's the only way you really know nowadays 
what's on the air if you're watching a local station. So, like, if I'm watching broadcast TV and you'll say on Sundays you watch football on NBC, CBS, and Fox, and you used to watch hockey on NBC and you can watch baseball on Fox and you watch, you know, basketball on ABC and Monday Night Football, you'll get advertisements for the show. But unless you're religiously watching the Turner Network, Comedy Central, BT, USA, you know, AMC, they have IFC, you, you know, what I'm, I'm getting at, Cartoon Network, Disney, and Nick, unless you're, like, religiously watching those stations, you're not going to really know what's on the air. So that's how I know. And here's the thing. I haven't watched the Sci-Fi Channel in a long time. I watched it for two years for the show Krypton, and DC canceled it because, like Marvel, they wanted all their stuff on their own platform and website. So when I heard that there's a show called Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk, I'm like, you know what? I might as well try. And the cool thing about the show is he's playing an alien who can change his appearance because he's got to blend in with the humans. So he's tr- his mission is he's sent from whatever planet because they've established that there's different there's different kinds of aliens and they do different things. They're from different places. So that's cool. That he his mission was to come to Earth and destroy Earth. But of course, no one knows that besides him. His ship gets damaged, and the whole show is him looking for the damaged parts of his ship that fell off, his weapon, and trying to blend into the community until he's ready to destroy it. But, of course, it takes a lot of time for him to find the ship and his weapon, and he's got to blend in, and he takes the appearance of the lo- of a of a doctor. But, of course, the show starts where he has to be the doctor in the small little town of Colorado, and he's got to blend in and become the doctor and makes friendships, enemies, all this stuff, and... It's one of these shows where it's like Canadian-based show, so a lot of the actors I have seen before in Canadian shows, like one actor was from Stargate Atlantis, and I just saw him on The Astronauts, I just saw him on Debris, and I saw him on a couple other programs, so it's like, okay. And Alan Tudyk is funny playing a weird person, because even though he wasn't weird in Firefly, his voice acting and his other uh, you know, live-action role have been pretty much a little bit out there, and overall, it's not a, you know... It's not super inappropriate. Like, he'll say, like, you know, words for body parts because he's a doctor. But, like, outside of that, there isn't, like, gore and violence. And there isn't, like, sex and nudity. Anything like that. So, pretty much overall, I would not say maybe little kids should watch it. But teenagers can definitely watch this because it's actually a really good show. Now... Andrew Garfield has announced that he was not called to be in the new Spider-Man movie like all the other characters from other Spider-Man universes. And in Grey's Anatomy news, they were renewed. Yay! Everybody loves that medical drama that's still on the air. But Jesse Williams is leaving the show. So nay to all the people who are upset about that. Now, Dragon Ball Super announced they're going to make another movie for those fans of the manga and the cartoon. That's good, like me. NBC said they're not going to be airing the Golden Globes anymore. That's up to them. Then, then CW is picking up an adult reboot version of Land of the Hidden Temple. That is going to be a very interesting idea to make it that it's for adults as well. And in the worst news possible, for somebody who watches new TV shows, all the new ones. So you have the 2019 and the 2020. Fall of 2019 through spring of 2020. That's one TV year. And this past fall of 2020 through right now, this is the end, we're in May, spring of 2021. Those are two separate calendar years of television. Now, the the whole entire thing is that Prodigal Son was the number one new show last television year. Yeah, now when Lone Star and FAMS One were good, but those are spinoffs. And Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a pretty good show, but it's not the best. So there's just a few shows that you say, okay, but they're in their second seasons. And I'm like, yeah, Unicorn, it's a great sitcom. 
No, those are shows that are in their second year. No, they're not worth what any anything compared to what I'm talking about with these shows. And that's the thing. So, Prodigal Son is a show where Thomas Paine is a profiler, and he understand. He, and his goal in life is to understand the criminal mind, how they think, and he works with the FBI. And the show is where he becomes a consultant for the New York Police Department because of a favor. From Lou Diamond Phillips, who plays the you know the captain of the of the of the precinct, like his precinct, and he knows him, the character Malcolm, from when he's a child. And when he knows Malcolm from when he's a child, he, as you know, time the time checked in because it's not that he wants to know the psyche of all the criminal and the bad guy. It's more the fact that his father is one of the biggest known serial killers, called the Surgeon, a doctor who knew how to precisely like kill people in a way like a surgeon would. And his family is rich, not just because of the father being a doctor, but the mother comes from family. The daughter, Halston Sage, who was in the Orville, she's like a reporter. And he works with a female detective and a male detective and a female pathologist, you know, for like the coroner. So they're like, they all work together. They try to solve murders. And when he can't figure out what to do with a murder, he'll talk to his father in person or call his father to get clues and insight. Or like specific expertise because he is a surgeon. He's really a smart doctor. He's still, even if he's a serial killer, he's got all these smarts that other people don't have. And the thing about him is that that he's a very smart person. So he goes to him and that's where it's like, okay, cool. So that's a cool show. And, you know, the... The, the, the whole show is like that. So every day they do it, and you're like, it can get stale, but there are shows like Lawyer SVU, the CSIs, the NCISs, that every week they can be solving a new case, you know, solving something every single week, or the Chicago police shows like that. They, you could say, well, they get stale. You know, Magnum PI can get stale. So could Blue Bloods. That's all I'm just like, there are plenty of shows that get stale, so I'm just like, them trying to figure out how these serial killers act and he trying to fit a profile and try to see who it is is good because it's not just the main actor Thomas Paine and Michael Sheen playing this, this the you know the surgeon the whole entire cast they did a very good job of casting with Bellamy Young, Helston Stage, Lou Diamond Phillips and the people playing characters in the police department some of the guest stars who are bad guys have been good so it's a very quality show yes there's like some blood and some gore and there's occasional like people sleeping over people's houses but it's a fox they're not really showing nudity so i'm not saying it's for kids because it could probably scare some kids but this is a high quality show that teenagers enough can watch and fox had done it fox is like well we use wednesday night to show uh, competition shows and thursday night we we're showing football during half the year and friday night we were showing wrestling and then oh we got to show to gordon ramsey on thursday night that they were really successful in that monday and tuesday you have the 911 and 91 lone star first year on the same night and on Tuesday nights they were having the resident the best medical show alongside the prodigal son it's like it's a perfect match where you have four shows back-to-back nights because they only have two hours of program which is also a problem for another day which I've mentioned before and they had the perfect thing because then they had animation domination on Sunday night and that was good and the mass singer is popular and you're like okay cool and when football's over, you had the you had Last Man Standing on Thursday night, so it's pretty much like a perfect schedule for the most part on Fox. Well, Fox has decided, you know what? We're gonna cancel Prodigal Son, even though that if this show was on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO Max, whatever it is, and it's a streaming show, it's a binge worthy show. Like you need to start, you need to watch these episodes because it's possible. You wish you could watch a bunch in a row. 
That's the type of show that it is. And because there was nothing new that was good on in the fall of 2020 through, you know, this year, because the good show Next was canceled before it even had a chance to show four episodes straight in a row because Fox was being s- silly with that, is that it was still the best new show because it was still on the air and there's nothing good this year. Because every one-hour show I've watched this year and reviewed, eh, they're not really that good. A lot of them are remakes or reboots or spinoffs. And none of the half-hour sitcoms jump out except for Mr. Mayor on NBC. So it's like it still stands as the number one new show. But Fox goes, ever going to cancel it. Well, are you going to come up with original programming to replace it on Tuesday nights and with football leaving soon and wrestling leaving soon are you going to also have some more original programming like you back to back you used to back in the day have original programming like most most of the six nights of the week now what did surprise me was they uh, renewed Call Me Cat the show with Mayim Bialik and Susie Curtis the mother and Leslie Jordan is one of the co-workers and Kyla Pratt is one of the co-workers and then her college friend works across the street and the bartender's funny and her boyfriends and people she and I was like this show is quirky and weird because she breaks the fourth wall and talks to us does a bunch of tangents and weird stuff happens and all the characters because it's filmed and live in front of an audience supposedly that they all just freeze and stop while all the weirdness happens on the screen I'm like this world is weird it's kooky it's out there that most of the people that watch television they want to watch the same old stuff over and over this is more of a cable show. It's more of a streaming show. But what it was is towards the second half of the season, because they established the second season with the way the cliffhanger ended, was, wow, okay, this show is growing on me. It's pretty funny. Leslie Jordan makes me laugh mostly more than anybody else. But I said, you know what? This show is pretty funny, but Fox had already canceled the last half, the last couple new half-hour sitcoms the past two television years. They then, a couple years back, canceled every single live-action half-hour show on their network. So I wasn't, like, holding my breath saying that it would be renewed. So I predicted it would be canceled because I wouldn't be surprised if it was renewed. But, you know, I assume it would be canceled. Well, they renewed it. So with Last Man Standing having his final season this year and then not even showing the, the rest of the episodes of the Moody's to show a puppet show instead when it was starting to get good and it was on a cliffhanger... It's, I don't know if Call Me Cat's going to get a full 18 to 22 episode run for this fall because I don't know if they're still going to be showing football or not if it doesn't take place till next year. That If it's renewed, they have at least one half hour to come on the air. And outside of that, I don't know what else, and that's a positive. And now they have an opening on Tuesday. So Fox surprised me by renewing Call Me Cat, but then they upset me and canceled Prodigal Son because you know how many crappy shows that I watched this year? I swear, NBC's new debris, horrible, okay? Young Rock, horrible. Keenan's average, and I said Mr. Mayor's okay. It's CBS. Be positive, horrible. United States of Al, horrible, man. It's just like, I don't know what people are thinking. Equalizer, horrible remake. Don't understand what you're doing there. And that's where it's like, come on, and you ending MacGyver when it's one of the only good remakes you've that anybody's ever made. And then ABC, man, call me cat. I mean, not call me cat. Excuse me. Call your mother. I'm getting the call. Horrible. Rebel. Horrible. Okay? And home economics, it's okay. And then the CW, man, Walker's Tiger Ranger is average to below average. Kung Fu is average to below average. And I'm just saying, like, to myself, like, what are you doing, Fox? Filthy Rich was Horrible. Next was good when they, but they kept screwing it by not showing consecutive episodes. Okay, Great North, pretty good. Bless the Hearts improved season two, and they stupidly canceled that as well. 
and yeah, so I'm just like, most of those new shows this year that I reviewed were horrendous, and that's why Prodigal Son was the best new show on the air. I said, Call Me Cat, Home Economics are average to above average, and they could, and I would think they, uh, I'm okay with them, and as I said, Mr. Mayor was a good sitcom, but I'm not, like, dying, like, oh my god, they, I can't believe they'll, they'll cancel it if it get canceled. It's pretty much every show hasn't been that great, that that's why I'm like, Prodigal Son should stay on the air, because, like, what are you doing? There isn't that much good on the air. I know Greg Berlanti's people are behind it, but I highly doubt CW's going to pick it up or NBC, which kind of screwed around with his other project, Blindspot. I'm just maybe being hopeful that a network like CW or a cable company or even a streaming company picks up because it's a high-quality show with high-quality actors. And it's just like, come on. Unless you're going to have a good way to end the show after two years, then, you know, that's fine. Now, they did announce uh, what I forgot to mention last week was that they casted this actor, Finn Whitrock, as Guy Gardner's character in the HBO Green Lantern's like Lantern Corp series, which I always thought were movies, and I'm like, more the merrier. You want to have Alan Scott, who's not part of the Corp, sure. You want to have Guy Gardner, you want to have Jon Stewart, you want to have my favorite Kyle Rayner, plus Hal Jordan, and you want Kilowog, and Tom Marie, and all the other characters. Go ahead. That's a really good idea to have every single one of the Green Lanterns. That's a good idea there, so that's, that'll be exciting to see what happens with that. So yeah, rest in peace to all the people who passed away. For for Tony Brown who's dealing with pantograph cancer, heal up for all the players who have tested COVID for COVID-19. Hopefully get better. And I don't know what's going to happen to Albert Poole because the White Sox and the Cardinals both don't need him. That there's just a slight possibility that maybe a team in the American League like Baltimore or Tampa Bay or even the or even the Tigers who are not going anywhere... Somebody could pick him up. The Reds who lost Joey Votto with injury, I don't know if they're going to do that. It's just a lot of effort to do. And most teams, first base is a position that's pretty much occupied by everybody. Thanks for listening to the 81st episode of On the Radar Podcast, where you get your podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, review, share with everybody. OnTheRadarMedia.com is my website. Follow me at Radar4428 on Twitter, my blogger. On the Radar is my podcast, and On the Radar Entertainment blog is the Facebook page. From Radar, as always, local national sports representative 81. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.